It's not so lonely at the bottom in the Norwich Football League. Following Week 4's action, four teams fell to a record of 1-3 and, and lower, including all but one of the former champions. It shows just how much parity in the league has improved over the years, where owners can go from peasant to president seemingly overnight. With help from the Prince of Preserves, we take a look under the hood at the stats of the season thus far. This is Don't Fear a Keeper. Hello, everybody, and welcome back in. This is Colin. Um, unfortunately, John had to do some nerd shit tonight and was not able to be on the podcast. So you have me alone. Um, you're going to hear a really great video with Zach later on where, um, you know, we got through uh, some good content there and uh, and really rounded out the podcast. So it will not be an hour of me talking uh, by myself. Um, we're going to try some different things to try to keep this interesting. Um and we'll overall just see how it goes. Um, you know, I guess just to start off the podcast, uh, we're going to do some some reactions to what's happening in the league so far this year, um, what happened last week. Looking at the results um, from last week, we had wins um, from Mike, Absolute Wagon, uh, over me, Gary, John, improving to 4-0, the only team to reach that mark so far. Uh, Paul getting his horse back upright with a big, big number. Um, and then Ben knocking Zach off the undefeated list um, with a big win to get his season back on track, record-wise, where it needed to be based on his points. Um, so some interesting things. Um, you know, I guess we'll start with my game. Uh, my team really never put up any amount of a fight. Um, as kind of has been the story this year. Uh, just laying down on the highway, uh, particularly the quarterbacks. Uh, my team is ass. That's basically the end of the analysis. They're really bad. I don't really see a way in which it gets better unless um, the players just start performing. Um, there's nothing really uh, on, that I can do to improve uh, in any meaningful way. I don't think that I have the horses even right now to get good draft picks for my uh, for my squad. So really just hoping for a change of fortunes. I don't think they can remain this terrible all year. I did start 0-3 last year and made the playoffs. Um, so I've been 1-3 before, but obviously the mood is just a lot different with the fact that my team this year has no good players on it. Whereas last year, um, the story was a little bit different. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the deal. Uh, obviously not to beat a dead horse, uh, but we do have the ongoing storyline that Chuck is 0-4. I feel like this is our version of the Aaron Judge 61, uh, 61 home run bullshit or whatever, where like you're checking your score during the week and then you just kind of have to cut away to see how uh, Miss the process, uh, Mr. Process is doing um, in any given week. So far, um, it's dismal. It's been talked about a lot by Charlie and by others, by me, by John. Um, so I'm not going to go into too much detail. Uh, but yeah, Chuck's struggling. Uh, John did give me one note, uh, that he put in the document before he knew that he wasn't going to be able to have the time to come on tonight. And it said, destiny rewards those who stay on the podcast and I'm four and oh, uh, whereas I think he was saying Charlie who left the podcast is own four sort of ironic now, um, because John did not do the podcast today. So <laughs> an interesting time to bring that up. Uh, maybe that means uh, Alex is uh, due to upset John this week and take him out of that undefeated position. I don't know. All I'm saying is that John probably deserves it if that happens. Uh, the only other kind of point that I'll throw in here uh, is just that the founding members, the founders are floundering. If you look at the standings, um, all four of the bottom four teams in the league are among the original members. So there's six of the original members still in the league. Uh, me, Charlie, Brian, and Alex are all at the bottom. And overall, the six founding members are 8 and 16 this year, um, being anchored really by Mike at 3 and 1. So, you know, the, uh, the, new, the new world coming, coming to the demise of the old, really, 
uh, has been the story of the year with all of the blood that's been added since that fateful uh, season in 2015, really, really flexing their stuff um, so far this year. Now, I could do some recaps. Um, I could do some recaps of the other games, but I think that would be really boring. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to cold call somebody from each of these games. So we're going to start with Garrison and just see if he has anything to say. Um, and I'm just going to do this on speakerphone. So we'll see who the real friends are tonight. See what uh, if we can get a ring from Gary. Hey, Gary, you're on the podcast. Uh, do you have two minutes to talk about uh, your matchup from last week? I'm in the middle of cooking, but I'll do it anyway. That's what I'm talking about, Gary. Hey, so I was just kind of trying to get your feeling on how the game went last week, uh, how it felt to, to put Charlie down to 0-4. You know, I think it's even funnier that I put him down to 0-4 with honestly not a good performance. Yeah, your team didn't uh, blow anybody out. I'm opening my app up right now. You know, Tony Pollard decided to just not exist and put up 1.8 points. Karen McLaurin had two receptions for 3.5 points. Darren Waller didn't do anything. Like, my team was low-key pretty sad, and I still clapped cheeks on Chuck this week. I mean, maybe not in outscoring him, but in moral cheek clapping. Yeah, definitely uh, in terms of, yeah, just morale. His his morale cheeks are absolutely devastated at this point. I mean, you know, I have full faith that Charlie will go full Cleveland talk radio mode and just spin zone himself out of this somehow mentally. But it's really just not a good look for the commission. I mean, he, he went full Brown, you know, Brown's a 10 years ago mode on his draft. Yeah, I mean, all that capital and no results so far. Yeah, I mean, honestly, just feel bad for the guy at this point. It's starting to get to that point. But yeah, I mean, uh, I was uh, I was happy to see the performance despite despite some subpar um, efforts from some of your guys. They were able to see the opponent in front of them, see how shitty uh, he was, and just do enough to get the W. So, nice job. You know, he didn't want to hurt Charlie too bad, so he just got his points and got off the field quietly. I mean, I think my guys honestly feel bad for Chuck. Yeah, you're a well, you're a humble, uh, a humble winner. You didn't want to put him down too bad. I mean, all I'm gonna say is that if I was in Chuck's position, I'd probably be sitting in my bathroom with the lights off right now, listening to Funeral by Phoebe Bridgers and sucking my thumb. It's just bad. <laughs> I think with that, folks, uh, we'll uh, go ahead and let Gary get back to cooking. Thanks, Gary. Yep, thanks, fellas. Well, there you have it. That was Gary on... I have no idea how this audio is going to come through. Hopefully this doesn't take too long, because if I have to redo it all uh, without this little bit, um, then I will. But uh, that was Gary on his matchup with Charlie. We're going to move on now to Brian and... Um, Brian and John. John beat Brian. Um, I'm going to call Brian. We'll see if he answers. Um, if he does answer, there is no way that he talks loud enough for it to be heard. But here we go, folks. Hey, Brian, you're on the podcast. Uh, you have two seconds to talk about your matchup from last week? Yeah. All right. I'm, I've just got you on speaker, so just make sure you talk loud, all right? As loud as possible. Just wanted to get you, just wanted to get your feeling on, uh, on how you feel about your squad 
and the performance they turned in in a, in a pretty big defeat to John. Yeah, I mean, obviously losing hurts. Um, let me pull up my scores from last week because I don't remember it off the top of my head. But, uh... Hang on, give me a second. At least you've got Mahomes in an up... You've got Mahomes in an up year again, which is good. Yeah, so feeling, feelings about my squad. Um, G.D. Lamb is not as bad as he originally looked in like the first two weeks. Um, so I'll start with the positive. So I think G.D. Lamb is pretty good. Uh, Pierce looks like he might have been a nice pickup. Um, Mahomes obviously good. Waddle didn't do well this week, but he's been solid all year. Um, but then, uh, I would have liked to see more from, uh, you know, Kittle, uh, Zeke, obviously was a mistake to draft in the third. And then my other high picks like Thielen and Dylan have just kind of been duds this year. Yeah, it's a slog for both of us. Uh, guys just really not showing up. I mean, honestly, like in a game where your opponent scores 173, you don't normally expect to win. So, um, but you did have some good things happening on your bench that I think maybe you could turn to um, in future weeks. Like probably, I don't know if you get Zeke out of your starting lineup, uh, but it's starting to get close to that point. Yeah. I mean, I, I put up 121. It's not a lot, um, but and like I probably would have lost against most teams this week. I don't remember the score. It, it would have, except for basically me and Chuck. I think you would have lost to most, per, to pretty much everyone. That's my general feeling. Yeah, that is true. I, I believe I would have beaten Garrison as well. Okay, Gary, but in a close shave. Yeah. So, um, you know, just I knew it was going to be a down year. I'll just. I mean, I think some people have performed better than expected. Others are. Uh, um, you know, not doing that. Um, but at least I'm not on tour. That is true, and a uh, good insight. You know, it was a tough year for you, no matter what. So just keep plugging away, Brian. All right, thanks, Colin. Thanks. Two for two, folks. That was Brian. I am almost certain that you couldn't hear that. Uh, so really great content that I'm bringing to you today. Uh, we're going to move on to the matchup between Alex and Paul. I'm almost certain that what I call Alex, he, well, maybe, you know what? I'll call Paul. Let's do that instead. Let's call Paul. I was going to call Alex, but try this. Hey, Paul. You're on the podcast. Do you have anything, two words you want to say to Alex coming off your win last week? Suck it. Thanks, Paul. That was Paul. Uh, it sounded like he was in a loud room, and I didn't want to interrupt him, so uh, we, we kept it short and sweet, sweet there. Um, and then the last one we had is Zach and Ben. We obviously already talked to Zach. Uh, from this matchup, but you can't really pass up on the opportunity to uh, to talk to Ben. Um, so let's go ahead and do that. Ben Hood. Hello. Hey, Ben, are you at home? Yeah. Hey, you're on the podcast. Uh, do you have two seconds to talk about your win from last week? <laughs> I'm on right now? Yes. Wow. Uh, yeah, I have two seconds. All right. Uh, just just calling to try to gauge just how you feel about your team and uh, how you felt getting the win last week against undefeated Zach. I feel amazing about that. Uh, I will say I was actually one of the more skeptical people uh, during the week three pod when you said that I was a three and O team. 
uh, I was inclined to agree with it from my own personal biases, but you know, the evidence just wasn't there, but I'm starting to feel more and more like a, a three and O and maybe even a four and O team, uh, at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, you've got the horses and, uh, it's finally starting to turn into wins. I think you caught a couple of Brad breaks just catching people in the wrong week. Um, but yeah. it's starting to turn the other way for you. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think, to be honest, last year we were a little overexcited and premature with the uh, the hood wagon hype. Um, I think everybody was kind of riding the high of like, you know, my first time not being in the losers bracket. Um, <laughs> and it, we might have jumped the gun a little bit, but this year is starting to feel like a hood wagon run. It's starting to feel like the 2017 Eagles, in my opinion. Hey, it's starting uh, to feel like the 2022 Eagles. I, I wish true. I wish I was an Eagles fan right now. The team's fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a fun time to be a Philly fan. I mean, the the, the Phillies too, and uh, I mean, it's probably not fun to be friends with a Philly fan, but um, it's going to be a good year, I think, for Hood. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly looking that way. Um, speaking of which, uh, I, as sole adjudicator, have determined that by knocking Zach out of the undefeated position, you are going to be this winner, this week's winner of the wheelbarrow. Um, no way. So congratulations. We we forgot to award it last week to Brian. Uh, so Brian, just so you know, you won last week, uh, and it's now, it's now been taken away and given to Ben. Um, so Ben, I guess the last question I'll ask is just, what color do you want to paint your wheelbarrow? Wow. This is amazing. So, how many coats of paint do we have on this bad boy? Like, well, am I gonna need? Am I gonna need primer, or what are we looking at? There's four coats on. Uh, you probably will need primer because Brian didn't have time to paint it, and I think the last one was Mike, and he did some weird shit uh, to it. So, yeah, I would do yeah. primer. So like the last color would be royal. Was royal purple, right? I think. I think something that. like that. Yeah. So I'm going to make it the opposite of whatever that is just to piss Mike off. So I'm going to give it a nice, nice coat of primer. And I'm going to, I'm going to paint it like diarrhea, peasant, brown, just a mustard, yellow, brown. That's, that's fantastic. And you are well within your rights to do so. So congratulations, Ben. And uh, thanks for taking the time. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Have a good one. So yeah, I think that was kind of funny. Um, but you got a little taste from each of the owners. Uh, uh, not every owner, but all uh, at least one owner from every matchup. Um, hopefully that just gave you a little tenor of what's going on around the league. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much all I had I, as we went through the wheelbarrow. Um, we did a little roundtable. Um, and I think we're going to call it a day. Immediately after this, uh, we will have Zach on for that interview, as I said. Um, the only thing I know about what's going to happen in that interview is uh, that Spooky Scary Skeletons will be played before the segment. That's the only thing that I can guarantee. Can't guarantee anything else. But I hope you enjoy it. Um, I hope you enjoyed this short and sweet solo pod. If you didn't listen, I'm not offended. Um, but uh, but yeah, let's get into uh, into Zach.
we are here uh, with a very special guest, um, the maester of methane, the pharaoh of fermentation, <laughs> and the keeper of cup. We've got Zach in the house today, uh, trying to fill in for the void that John has so cruelly left in my heart. Zach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm glad to be here when John isn't. Um, Everyone usually really is. Good. Yeah, it, I feel like there's some there's a levity in the air that isn't normally there, quite frankly. Um, yeah, he just has that expectant mustache that's just <laughs> crying out for whoever's talking to him to leave the room uh, as quickly as possible. So, except for the children, he wants the children to stay. Yeah, maybe the children mustache. are kind of the exception to the rule. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we got Zach here. Uh, Zach, as you know, uh, the faithful keeper of the STDs. Um, I think he's going to have some really good insights to to go through with us on just how the numbers are shaken out in the league so far this year. Uh, but before we get into that, Zach, how are you feeling about the season so far? Three and one start, obviously pretty good. Um, but just trying yeah, to get your um, temperature. Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, after three weeks, I felt great. You know, I, honestly, the only thing stopping me right now is a couple of injuries. Kamara and uh, Keenan Allen. Like I was going to lose to Ben anyways. Like he had a great game, but honestly, you know, I was only twenty points down. So if I started someone, or if Kamara had played and Keenan Allen, I still could have won the game. So I feel pretty good about where my team is as far as I feel great about one thing, and I don't want to toot my own horn. I kind of thought that I didn't think it would be this bad, but you know, I was between Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, obviously, and I remember the end of last year they started throwing to T Higgins like a lot more. And I was like, I don't want any of that. Like if there's even a chance that Jamar Chase doesn't get like 20 targets a game, I don't want that. And that's kind of what's happened this year. So I gave the pick to Charlie and he has uh, just done wonderfully with it. Um, and <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an eighth round pick right now. <laughs> Jamar Chase I has mean, been an eighth round pick. Yeah. I think it's been a combination of things. Just definitely like some regression towards the targets balancing out between him and Higgins, but then also just yeah. the Bengals offense generally struggling. Um, yeah. The thing for me, I still thought Chase was obviously a first round pick of worth of value. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, but, was. Um, but the thing for me that was like a hesitation at the beginning of the year was that, you know, you knew that the Bengals were going to, Oh, I'm the football guy face more of those two high shells as they say. Yeah. <laughs> in the stratosphere. Um, but it is actually a real thing. And like all of Chase's touchdowns or all, a lot of Chase's production last year was on like long touchdowns. Like he yeah. wasn't necessarily, I mean, he was a volume and an explosion guy, but it wasn't like Justin Jefferson where it mm -hmm. was like so much volume. It was like, he just yeah. got really lucky on a couple plays and he was just really good on a couple. Oh, of for plays. sure. Yeah. I mean, he had that two, three touchdown, 200 yard game or whatever it was where he had like two 50 yard touchdown. Like he had a lot of just giant plays, but they're yeah. not, and do anymore so he's got to be more of a volume guy I mean, he's still good i think he's still like the 12th or 15th uh receiver right now just because he had like 30 points in week one um but i'm just overall feeling good about keep cooper cup um he's still the best receiver in the league uh yeah. that a little bit with our stats later but yeah i'm feeling good about my team um well you should be as a person in the opposite position uh you feel happy while you can yeah uh, but I guess with that, that's probably a good segue uh, into some of these STDs and infect yeah. me with them, Zach. Yeah, yeah. So, like, fellas, you might be asking yourself, all of you listening, you're like, what's that itch down there? Why is my pee burning? Uh, well, you might be having a flare-up because, fellas, STDs are back. So get on the phone, make that awkward call to your sexual partners because you are all about test positive for the bug. The stats bug, that is. So... Let's start off. I have a, a document here that I, uh, I've sent to Colin, and I'll put it in the chat when the podcast is released so you can follow along. I feel like part of the thing with STDs, last year I was just like blasting them out, and they were hard to follow. Yeah, so it's I'm hard to hear numbers. Yeah, I'm trying to do them as part of, okay, here's the, the data. If you don't want to read that, you can listen. But if you do want to read it, here's the data also. It's also hard to listen. It's hard for me to say like a bunch of like 127.4, 127.4, you know. If you're going through like a list of things that you basically can't just yeah. do it. Like so we're trying to do both audio visual learning here. Uh, so there'll be a document here. So if you all, including you, Colin, can go to part one. Part one, we're going to talk about Charlie starting 
0-4. So as you know, that's the story of of this week, really, is that Charlie started 0-4. Alex talked about it a little bit. He posted a stat, kind of stole my thunder, and did a um, you know teams to start 0 and whatever, or the worst start start season. So I went through and I, I looked at what are the chances of making the playoff after you start 0-4. So overall, nine teams in our history have started 0-4. They're two and seven in making the playoffs actually. Uh, no team has ever actually, made the playoffs starting 0-5. It's actually better than I expect. I really thought it'd be like 1-8 and eight like or something or like something, that. Yeah. Just because uh, yeah. I guess there's enough. We With us having more than half the teams make the playoffs, I guess it sort of makes sense. That you can yeah, recover. exactly, yeah. So start off, the first or one of the first teams, I was the first team to go 0-4 was Alex in the first year of the league when he went 0-8. Um, That's but, just incredible. Yeah, just pointing out like some cool, some cool uh, data points. In 2016, Bar- Brian Bitcherling, coached by Mike Ong, uh, started 0-7 and finished 4-8. and He didn't make the playoffs, but that's like really impressive, honestly. That, that is uh, a rally. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a rally by Brian Bitcherling. Uh, and actually, Colin, so in 2018, you, it's not my house, it's my home. You started 0-4, you finished 7-6, and you made the playoffs as a sixth seed, and I believe you lost to my team, the just fucking Bones team. Um, yeah. But you made the playoffs if you're starting 0-4, which is incredible. Well, so I will say some color to that. That was the year that I drafted Mahomes in the 13th round. And I'd also drafted Alex Smith. And I started Alex Smith twice. And then, like, <laughs> Mahomes, because Mahomes was, was his first year starting. And he, yeah. like, went off both the first two weeks. And I was like, all right, I can't, I can't start Alex Smith again. So two of those losses were probably because I chose not to start Mahomes in his MVP year. But that is... Uh, that was a good rally for me, for sure. Yeah, that was. And so the only other time it's happened is, oddly enough, Charlie did do it uh, in 2020. Wow. His team started 0-4, and then he managed to stumble upon, I think it was in weeks like 2-3 and three or 2-4, and four, he stumbled upon James Robinson and Justin Jefferson on the waiver wire, which is like, <laughs> Justin Jefferson's like the greatest waiver wire pickup of probably the last five years, like the greatest, yeah. like, mid-season performance i remember that that's close and, enough that i i feel like yeah. i remember the justin jefferson one so he had that and then in like week eight or nine he absolutely trade rape well i shouldn't say that he trade deshaun watson uh brian uh <laughs> yeah this is a pc and, yeah um, excuse podcast. me actually charlie did have deshaun watson on his team that year oddly enough i was looking back at the teams <laughs> uh but so he traded uh brian traded charlie Le'Veon bell who i mean wasn't good but he still like was starting for the jets and Mark Andrews for Devin Singletary. Oh my! That was God. the trade that Brian did, and it Mark Andrews went off that season, and that combined with Justin Jefferson, combined with James Robinson, got Charlie to six and seven. He squeaked in the playoffs. He got obliterated in the first round, but he did. You know, he was like, "Oh, I did what I wanted to do," you know. So I do remember that because he has still, done this before. That was in the in the era of him saying that he'd never missed the being like, "Yeah, oh, the one thing I don't do is miss the playoffs." It is kind of funny that he had a six and seven season in which he snuck by, was like job done. And then the next year was the year he tanked and like yeah. completely got fucked. So yeah, so overall, Charlie's the only team of the nine teams to make the playoff or to excuse me, to go 0 and four. Charlie's the only one who's done it twice. He also has the tied record for longest losing streak with Alex. Alex's was like weeks one to it's eight games. It was weeks one to eight or one to nine or whatever. Yeah. Uh 2015 charlie's was weeks 10 to 17 of last year the only thing that stopped charlie's streak was just mercifully the season coming to an end um, <laughs> so unlike alex yeah he so could charlie has lost yeah you're right actually, 11 yeah. 11 yeah. consecutive weeks yeah charlie has an 11 game losing streak and he right didn't now. have any throwaways no, a 12 game losing streak excuse yeah. me he was yeah he didn't have any throwaways because um because he had to play in the toilet bowl. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. Um, oh wait, no. Week seventeen doesn't technically doesn't count. But yeah, he because um, week yeah, seventeen. Yeah, but I think he's, he still lost that week. Yeah, so week seventeen <laughs> uh, technically. No, no, count. no. Week seventeen does count because last year it was eighteen weeks. Yeah, but the last week of the year you don't have any of the games. Like the championship ends the week before the last week. Of the yeah, week ends week seventeen because there's eighteen games now. But then the toilet bowl ends the week before that. Does it? Because okay. the bracket's one week shorter in the constellation. Oh, uh, okay. Well, either so way. Technically, so technically, it's 11 games in a row. That he's yeah, lost. yes. Okay, yes. 11 <laughs> games in a row. So, yeah. Overall, 
Charlie's team very bad, um, historically bad. He is like the uh, that Buccaneers team that lost for like two straight seasons, or the Browns when we lost like twenty five games in a row or something. Anyway, if Charlie loses two yeah. more games, he'll have lost an entire regular season <laughs> worth of games. Without, yeah, without winning. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. Um, and according to his uh, commissions corner, he will be doing that. Yeah, because he's projected yeah. to uh, just have a clean, symmetrical uh, series of outcomes there. Yeah. So anyway, let's move on to uh, part two, which is let's look into how the extra flex has changed scoring. So obviously we all know this year um, that we had an extra flex position. And so I wanted to look at how that's changing with scoring averages and all these things. And first of all, I want to say this is a fucking pain in the ass. Um, yeah, wait. The way this printed is almost completely illegible. Hold on. Give me a second. Oh, really? It might just be the way it's rendering. Hold on. Let me see what happens. Can I share my screen in here? Um, I don't think so. I can see sort of. There's just certain things. Here, if you just expand oh, the text. I got box. it. Okay. I got it. I got yeah. Okay. So first of all, this is a pain in the ass to do because like, I, you know, I've written like a thousand lines of code for all this stuff that we've done. And it was all based on like a 13 week regular season. And now the regular season is 14 weeks in our league. So I had to change all of that. I had to change all of the scoring for, to add an extra player. So I spent the entire day doing that. Um, but which is fine. I didn't have anything else to do. Uh, so anyway, looking at figure two, a, everyone can avert their attention to figure two, a, you'll see, ignore 2018 for a second, but for 2019, 2020, 2021, when we had 10 teams, one P, one flex PPR, we've all scored about basically 123 points a game. This year, we're scoring about 132 and a half points a game. So we're about nine and a half, 10 points more, which makes sense. Yeah. That's like one flex player. Yep. Um, uh, and But actually, if you look even closer in figure 2B, you'll see something interesting, which is, um, I remember I came up with this concept of the replacement player so we could do war. Yeah. And the replacement player is basically like, the average replacement player is like, if you made a whole league of the next 10 guys, you know, or the next 20 wide receivers, it's actually 30 wide receivers because it's two slots and then half of a um, of a flex slot. And then the running back, it's the other flex slot. It's kind of just like average to average it out. Um, if you take that average of all those players, um, so they're ranked by basically you take the, them by projection because no one's going to pick up like, oh, I knew Devin Singletary was going to have 40 points this week. So they're ranked by projection and then they're scored by their actual score. Okay. So the, the scores you're seeing here are their actual score in figure 2B. So in like, for example, if you look at quarterback, 2019, 2020, 2021, we're all about 14, 15 average score. It doesn't change when we add the new flex. It's it's higher than some seasons. Yeah. For running backs, you can see a precipitous drop after we add the extra flex. The, so the average, the average player you're picking up on the waiver wire for running back is going to score four points, basically. Yeah, there is basically <laughs> nothing left. With the addition of the extra flex spot and the extra bench spot. Yeah, the average wide receiver is going to score six points down from about nine. The average tight end is going to score five down from about seven. And that's the, that's the average of the, the 10 next best tight ends. Um, and the, the 30 next best running backs, because that's how many you need. We have three slots that are basically average of three slots that can fit a running back on a wide receiver. Um, so, yeah, I just something I was interested in because, like, you know, you're looking at, okay, what's, uh, if you had added a whole team, just an expansion team, yeah. what would they score? They would score an average of 78 points a game with this roster. They um, might be me. <laughs> they might be Colin. They're not going to be able to be much else. Yeah. So we definitely need to have some draft considerations in place um, for any flex, for any uh, expansion teams, because. Yeah. I mean, this, what this, what this basically tells me is that you really can't, rely on finding something on the waiver wire to like, yeah. if there's something, if there's anything wrong with your roster, you can't really fix yeah, you're kind it of on the waiver yeah. wire unless you're like the top, there's like a top heavy week with an injury or something that you get the one guy, right. Yeah. That's like, excuse the average, but um, like it's pretty bleak out there, which is what I've seen. I mean, I find most weeks I have high waiver priorities, so I feel like I have to do something, but like, I don't, none of the players on the waiver wire are like even worth picking up as a flyer half the time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is slim pickings out there and it will only get worse in 12 team league, but that doesn't make it fun. Um, 
but yeah, so that is kind of the uh, replacement player, like waiver wire kind of information. So moving on to part 2.1, which is what the fuck happened in 2018? <laughs> yeah. I tried to figure this out. I could not figure this out. Um, so 2018, if you look back at figure 2A, 127 points a game. And every other season, except for this one, because the extra flex, we were about 123. So yeah. four extra points a game somehow. Uh, I tried to look back and I tried to that's see, you know, like, like, oh, maybe that's when the the 200 point games were. Nope, those were in 2019. I said, okay, maybe we had a ton of like high scoring weeks. And we did. We had six of the top 20 scoring weeks occurred in 2018, but five of them occurred in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and five of them occurred in like 2021. So that's not significant at all. Um, I really couldn't figure it out. I don't know. I think it was I, just like a, a I, low floor from that year or high floor. I feel like. Part of me wants to feel like that was the year that, like, that was, like, the Rams-Chiefs year where no one knew how to play defense against the yeah. explosive teams. And, like, starting the following year, I feel like is when teams started to just that, like, the McVay-Shanahan, mm-hmm. those sort of offenses, like the play-action stuff where, like, you just get all big plays. I feel like the de- team started to get better at defending it. This is very, like, hand-wavy. Yeah. No, I mean, I it makes sense. That I do feel like 2018 was the year that, like, offense was crazy. And it was just, like, everyone was scoring a lot. Um, yeah. In, like, the real NFL. And you'd expect that sort of to um, to trickle over. I'm wondering I think if that was that thing. year. That was the Rams-Chiefs year. Yeah. Like NFL, NFL scoring average by year. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, points. Twenty eighteen was high uh, was compared to other seasons, but not compared to twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, which were both in the realm of in the same area. Um, although I will say, it is a little bit hard from that to tell because you can't see like the good teams that everyone has players on versus like the shit. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, I think there's a chance that maybe we just got lucky, but it does seem like way out of whack. Like if you look at just how tight together the other scores are um, in figure 2.1.a. Yeah. Like they're all pretty tightly bunched except for that one year. So it is a bit weird. Yeah. So I, I wanted to see like how weird it was. And so I was looking at 2014 or excuse me, 2021 last year, we had 14 games. There's a total of 17,100 points scored all teams, all weeks. In 2018, 13 games, there's a total of 16,500 points scored. So there's a difference of 500 points, which means if we had an, if we had that extra week in 2018, if everyone just scored 4.13 points, just that in that week, we would have been better than, the average score of last year with an extra week. So I don't know what happened. It's crazy because I sort of feel like every year everyone gets better at fantasy. Like it's harder to find the edges where like some of us just completely suck or like don't know what we're doing. I I don't feel like there's as many bad trades anymore either. Like I would expect scoring to have just gradually improved, but it's funny that actually 2018 was uh, sort of in its own category as far as the old, scoring strategy or the old scoring. yeah i mean yeah it's it's very small sample size so who can say but um yeah it's an interesting outlier anyway now for the sad part of the week uh we need to get to part three which is mike's dominance as we all know mike has been absolutely schlonging his way now he is three and one but he is still absolutely schlonging his way through the league um and so I wanted to look at just like points for, cause he's scored a ton of points for. Um, so if you look at figure three, a, this is like Z scores and Colin, I'm sure you know what Z scores is, but everyone doesn't know what a Z score is. It's not like a thing I made up as I didn't do a Zach. It's like literally uh, the amount of standard deviations you are from the mean. So like if the mean is hundred, the standard deviation is 30 and you, and your data point is 130, you're one standard deviation away from the mean. So your Z score is one. Uh, if you're, 45 away, you're one and a half. So your Z, Z score is 1.5, et cetera. And it's negative if it's less. So I put uh, basically the standard deviation uh, and the mean of all like the scoring weeks through week four for the last, um, I think, up to 2018. And as you can see, there's they're ordered by Z score, which where negative is low, 
So like looking at yours, Colin, you're the worst right now by quite a margin as far as points for you're back a whole standard deviation plus. So you're 30 points below the average in, in, um, in points four. And that, but that, that happens, you know, last year it was Mike. He missed the playoffs. I will say year before it was Charlie. He did make the playoffs being worse than you. Um, the year before 2019 was Ben. He stunk. And the year before that was Mike. He missed the playoffs. So we've had a lot of teams every year. Actually, we've had a team that is at least one standard deviation below. But we've never had a team that is one standard deviation above the mean or more after four weeks. And Mike is is a Z-score of 1.2, which means he is one and a quarter times better than the average. So from a purely points for perspective, this is the most dominant team we've ever seen through four weeks of the season is Mike Ong's team. (laughs) <laughs> which I, is insane to say. I would love to say that it didn't feel like it, but it does. Yeah. I mean, he just rolls into put first of all putting up whatever it was like 230 uh, I mean, that by itself yeah. obviously helps. But he's not had a not high scoring game. Like so yeah. it's not like he's been one of the probably the top 3 scorers every single week. Uh maybe maybe top 4 because I think week 1 he when he lost it was like it was close. But um yeah, the dude's absolutely – he's hanging down uh, without without question. Um, yeah, he is absolutely hanging down. Uh, I – like he is double – basically he has double the Z-score, so he's twice as good above the mean as the next best team, which is John. Um, yeah, it's one of those things with Mike where like this time when you look at his roster, it's tough to see specifically how this could fall apart. But yeah. – I almost feel like, uh, for those of you listening, probably on either Wednesday or Thursday, um, Eli today just announced for the second time that he was accepted <laughs> to med school. And I'm like nervous to... Uh, Hi, Meg. allow Megan Schaefer is now Megan Levis, according to the wow. Social Security Administration. Wow, so, Megan Levis. Congratulations. One of the elite. I'm glad I was here for that moment. <laughs> um, yeah, a little podcast history there. Um, but anyway, like I'm like nervous to get excited because we've been wronged before. And that's sort of how I feel about Mike. But the thing is, I just don't see any way his team isn't good. Yeah. Like it's just really he's been doing it without some of his players. Like Amon Ra, who's a big part of them scoring 230, has been out. Uh yeah. it just doesn't matter. Yeah, so actually, let's let's go into that because the next figure, figure 3B, we're talking about war per game. Now, the war metric I made up is it, it like kind of gets it's like war in baseball. Like if you hit three home runs a game, but you only play three games, your war is not going to be high. It's like a cumulative thing. Right. So I have a war per game metric that is that ignores the games you miss and just says for the games you played. So like last year, Christian McCaffrey was like. 50th in war, but he was like fifth in war per game because he only played okay. like five games. So when he plays, he's valuable. Exactly. So figure three B, we're looking at the in, in in terms of war per game, who has top 10 players and who has top 25 players. Mike has four of the top 10 players on his team. Uh, ben has two. No one else has more than one. Um, Mike has five of the top 25 players. Colin, you have zero top 10 and zero top 25 players <laughs> in terms of war per game, <laughs> which is almost impossible. Um, do, do you get war for um, if you don't start? Like if you're on the bench, do you get do you get to earn war? war? No. So the way war works is basically I take those replacement players and I say, okay, the average replacement player scores eight points. Um, and then exactly. and if your player scores 10 points or if your player scores 20 points, right? Uh, and the average margin of victory in the NFL is 10 points. Okay. So if you've scored more than 10 points, more than the average player, then you've accumulated one war. Because I actually think that James Robinson probably has a war, but he's, I never started him. Um, I didn't know if bench war, if you were counting players. Yeah, it does, it does, it does count. Uh, okay. Well, here's on the bench, yeah. Right, he's probably like at 20, he's probably like 30th then. But I yeah. literally think that's my best player, and I never started him when he had a good week. <laughs> uh, let's see. I have I have those things up right here. Let me see if I can find who your best player is real quick. Um, what's your team name again? The Crematorium? Uh, QB Crematorium. James Robinson is 29th. Okay. I, that's what I thought. Per game. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're pretty close. He has scored a grand total of one point for me this year. So that's that's all. tough. Yeah. In terms of, let me see. No, this but- actually. The interesting thing is that Mike's almost top heavy because it's fairly impressive that he has four in the top 10 and only five in the top 25. Like his good players are straight slinging. Oh yeah. He has, he is uh, really top heavy actually. And Con, I'll go to this to say that um, you actually have three top 50 players, uh, which is not good. Uh, most people have about uh, six, most people have about six to seven. Mike has, um, Mike actually only has six, whereas um, Brian has nine top 50 players, but only one top 25 player and zero top 10. So Brian is very bottom heavy, as we all know. Um, he's just a sturdy base. He's a sturdy right? base. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, Mike's very top heavy. And actually, if you look at figure 3C, he has three of the top five players by war. So Cooper Cup is number one. Uh, Saquon's number three. But then Amon Ra, Stefan Diggs, and Nick Chubb are two, four, and five. So you kind of, the, I guess that's that's the route then, right? He has the he has the guns, but mm-hmm. they're all up top. So if you if you cut off the head of the monster, the body will decay. Yeah, exactly. So I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, frankly, number one, as much as Mike is uh, an obnoxious bastard, <laughs> he it is kind of fun that he's good. It's fun to see. I him also good. predicted him to make the playoffs in Hognocks. There we go. Um, so I've, I'm riding on that, but you know, I hope it doesn't fall apart for him. It's it's fun having it's fun having a nice, um, you know, seeing the little guy rise up like, with all the big dogs, uh, you know, like in the movie Waterboy. You know, that's a that's a inspirational one. Um, yeah. Rudy. Basically, any of the movies where everyone hates the guy and then they have a surprisingly good. Where he's got a learning disability. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Really where everyone hates them, they kind of suck. Uh, they're just shitty overall, and then they have a good year. That's awesome. Did, I love. Did anyone that. hate Rudy except for the coach, Charlie? Oh yeah. <laughs> but um, okay, so the last the last metric I have here is three D. This says the total team WAR per game. This is average, like average player WAR. I don't um, have this uh, image for whatever reason, but oh, it's at the very bottom. Okay, interesting. Um, basically. Uh, if you're looking at starting lineups, everyone's starting lineup, their war of, of their average players. So you can see like the best players are about 0.3. And, you know, some of the 50th players are like 0.1, 0.15. Everyone's lineup is about 1.2 to 1.5. Uh, Mike's is 2.2 or 2.1. So Mike is about 50% better than everyone else in terms of war. And uh, let's see, Colin, you are the worst. You are at 0.9. I mean, uh, so that is about two and a half Cooper Cups. Uh, worth of war that might make sense yeah, yeah which makes sense because cooper cup scores about 30 points a game and you're averaging about 90 so <laughs> yeah I, my main goal is just to have a quarterback finish the game that's my that's my baby steps um that i'm looking for or score 10 points one of those two would be really really cool yeah that would be nice Zach, thank you for all the analysis. Uh, can we expect to see any uh, blue and white printouts in the chat anytime, anytime soon? Now that the old Zach, yeah. Now that the, the, the flare-ups are back, you're going to start seeing some some bumps. Um, I will put this doc in the chat so people can follow along with the uh, podcast. Um, and try to turn it. Hey, try to turn it into a PDF. I'll just turn it into a PDF. Yeah, because the pictures are getting messed up. If you okay, okay that's fine. Yeah, I'll um, turn it to a PDF. Hey, Zach, while you're here, uh, since John abandoned me, would you yeah. be willing to do the predictions this year? We'll have or for this week, we'll have a guest picker on. Oh, sure, I'll do the um, guest picking. Yeah, just uh, just that me... I can have somebody else to lose to in my picking. Yeah, I would be honored to do that. Honestly, so actually, me... I did tie John last week. He went three and two, and I went three and two, um, bringing the season record to John at fourteen and six, which is a scorching start. And I am at eight and twelve, which basically means that my predictions and my team are going in approximately the same direction. Um, but you know, we plug along, try to chip away the rest of the year. So. Looking at this week, I guess we'll start with my game because I think it's the easiest to call. Uh, 
I am facing Ben, who is two and two, although has has shown a lot more power than I think that record would indicate. I am picking Ben, and I will be picking my opponent until uh, my team shows anything resembling an effort um, moving forward. Yeah, let's see. I'm trying to look at your team here. Do you have is your total because you have somebody? Yeah, I don't have or... a quarterback yet. Oh, that's a big one. Um, so I'll get about 19 more on my... Uh, let's see, let me, let me look at your... Well, I'm first in weather priority, so spoiler alert, I'll have Tom Brady and it will be about 20 points is what the projection... So I'll be at 135 projection. Yeah, I'm going to... Hmm. I mean, it's tough. I think you have really good matchups this week, actually. Um, and Ben has really hard matchups, actually. Um, you know what, Colin? I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to say, Hey, I love no, it. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. Never mind. I changed my mind. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, you only actually, get, see, I get to come back here week after week and, uh, try to make actually, it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it. I realized that I forgot that Ben has like Ben, even if Tom Brady's good, Ben has Mike Evans. He has Leonard Fournette. He's Bucks D. He's got Lamar Jackson going against Cincinnati, which apparently they're the fourth ranked defense, but I mean, he's just going to run all over him. So yeah, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Ben. Yeah. I think Ben's going to absolutely destroy me. So I'm, I'm looking at one and four, but Hey, last time I was one and four, I made, I uh, made the playoffs. So there you go. There's that. All right. uh, Moving on down the line. I have poop territory and Eckler. I hardly know her. Uh, So Paul and Brian, to a battle of two uh, teams that have kind of floundered. I think that uh, Paul showed a little bit more last week. Um, Brian must have something weird in his projection because he's uh, projected for very little. Let me see. No fantasy cast. For... Oh, wait. Okay, it, it just updated. Like 130, yeah. No, it, yeah, it just updated. Okay. Um, let me see. I kind of want to pick Brian. I mean, Paul's team did really show up last week. Um, I feel like Trevor Lawrence and like is sort of turning into a more stable play. Um, the Jamal Williams thing is interesting because I have him in my other league and like I'm terrified to play him because he just keeps scoring only on touchdowns, but he never he won't stop. So it's like hard to <laughs> not believe in it. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brian's team is just not exciting. And uh, so I'm going to take Paul. I'm playing it safe this week. Okay. I'm going to take Brian. Um, you know, Damian Pierce had finally like the blow up game that we've been waiting for. Um, I think he had like 170 yards rushing or something ridiculous like that, didn't he? Yeah. Something like, and I do like 130 yards rushing. Yeah. Um, Curtis Samuel is a great pickup for Brian. I was trying to get him that week that Brian picked him up. I mean, Brian's got Mahomes against the Raiders, who he owns. Um, and Paul's got tough matchups. I mean, he's got two Pittsburgh players against Buffalo. He's got um, Jamal Williams against New England. And he's gonna they're going to have a hard time running against New England. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is turning a corner, but I don't know. I, I'll believe it when I see it, I think. So, yeah, I'm going to go with uh, I'm gonna go with Brian. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, I don't feel great about it. Um probably going to regret that one, but I'm going to stick. Yeah. I think you made a really good argument and I would change my mind, but I'm going to be too stubborn and I'm not going to, (laughs) I'm sticking with my original choice. Uh, down the list, I think on my screen, it comes to you and Chuck. Uh, you are projected for 153.4 points, which is a couple more than Charlie, uh, who will probably be among the lower, uh, in terms of projections. He's got, Kyler against the Eagles. He's got, I guess, I mean, Chase against the Ravens. I don't know. The Ravens secondary seems like it's always hurt. Um, but again, the same thing that you were bringing up, like the uh, like Najee against Buffalo is probably not going to work out. I don't know. Charlie's team sucks. And also it's way more funny if he goes 0-5. So uh, I'm going to pick uh, you. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Charlie's got good matchups, uh, but his team sucks. And I am just f- simply better than him. Yeah. I mean, uh, so I'm going to pick me and I'll even, t- I said this in the chat last night. So 
if either Kamara, I mean, if, if like all Kamara and Montgomery and Allen are out, I'm not going to do this, but if either Kamara or Allen play and I lose Charlie, I will do a beer mile when I'm in Columbus next week uh, or two weeks. So that is my promise. I'm going to whoop Charlie's ass this week. All right. You heard it. Is it just, so do you, does it look like those guys are going to play? Like is, um, I think Kamara, I, I don't know. I think Keenan Allen should play. He almost played on, uh, okay. this last week. I don't know about Kamara at all. Um, but I think one of them should play, honestly. I, I mean, yeah. And I might even do it. I might, you know, game time decision. I might decide on Thursday or something. I don't know if we have anybody playing Thursday. I don't. He does not. He, he does. Oh, he has he a kicker. He has a kicker. So maybe I'm going to ignore the kicker. Maybe on Sunday I'll say, you know what? Fuck it. Even though all my guys are hurt, beer mile me up. I mean, you'll uh, still probably be projected for more points. I'll probably. I mean, right now, yeah, I am. Yeah. So I'll say anyway. I'll put you in the driver's seat for the wheelbarrow. Uh, if you either win or lose, and that's yeah, where you throw that down. I um, hope so. Okay. Yeah. So we're both taking Zach. Uh, let's go into Alex and John. Um, this is kind of an interesting one. A- Alex's team has really suffered. I-, I guess Jonathan Taylor is Jonathan Taylor playing. That's kind of the um, important question. He didn't even practice on Tuesday, uh, which is today. So that's not exactly comforting. I do struggle to see how Alex will win um, if he doesn't have um, Jonathan Taylor. Although I will say his uh, his like Justin Jefferson is just always liable to make up for anything that's wrong with your team um, in a given week. It hasn't happened recently, but mm-hmm. it could happen. I personally just don't feel like John is for is worth a five and zero, oh, and Alex can always work some magic. So I'm going to take my first real risk of the week, and I'm taking Alex. Yeah, um, I let's see. I'm looking at John's roster here. I think obviously Rashad Penny just had like 28 yard, 28 points, and he's projected for nine, which is insane. Um, he looks like you know they were kind of like I have. Um, Kenneth Walker and I was hoping that Rashad Penny would suck and Kenneth Walker would take over but it looks like he's got that backfield now um Josh Jacobs had a big game um you know Kelsey versus the Raiders again literally owns them um and yeah I mean if Jonathan Taylor's questionable even if he's limited um against a a stout Denver defense first of all um that's going to be a really tough matchup I mean John's got or Alex has got tough matchups across the board I don't think John's a five and O team either, but I don't think he's going to be beat, or I don't think Alex is going to beat him this week. John's seems yeah, I mean, better. Yeah, I, this is this is kind of the one I feel the least good about, um, just because I do think John's players are kind of like how your players were just better across the board, with the exception yeah. of Justin Jefferson. Alex uh, John's players are pretty much just better, um, but hey, you gotta play the game, as probably Chuck would say. You gotta play the game. Um, which brings us to, uh, to a battle of three and one, um, Eastern powerhouses, uh, Gary and Mike Garrison doing the Lord's work last week, eking out the win against Charlie. Um, again, I mean, I don't really love Gary's team still, although the thing about it is that Garrison is three and one and I am the opposite. So, uh, whatever this cast of characters is that he's managed to assemble does continue to sort of pan out um, when it when it comes down to it. That said, uh, I'm riding the hype train and I'm taking Mike. Yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know how Gary is three and one. His team sucks. We all know his team sucks. Um, I'm sorry, Gary. He's projected for 115 right now. Now he doesn't have a kicker, so it'll be 124. Mike is projected for 154. Um, <laughs> It's quite a difference. I, you know, I mean, we can go into like, you know, Chubb, Diggs, you know, both have great matchups. No, there's nothing comparable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not even close. I I think Mike is going to wipe the floor with Gary. And like, who has Gary played? I I guess I haven't been paying attention to his like uh, thing. Um, How is he fucking three and one? (laughs) I, you know what? It's is like a what what is a team that does this where like okay he played yeah he played Brian week one won one twenty two to one eighteen lost to Paul 
and then beat Alex 129 to 113, and then Mike 120 to 117. So he has not scored above 130 points this year. He has yeah, just had people score 115. He's got great you defense. Know, what Gary does is he plays uh, he plays the game that the opponent offers him. You know that well, is you, true. How many points are you going to get? I'll get one more. That's what, <laughs> that's the attitude that Gary's had this year. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I think this is where the Gary train comes to an end, and uh, he gets probably wiped out by Mike by 50 points. <laughs> All right, so just to recap, uh, we took uh, Zach took Ben, Brian, himself, John, and Mike, and I took Ben, Paul, Zach, Alex, and Mike. Um, so, Zach, we'll see how you did as a guest picker. It can't be worse than I've been doing as a uh, repeat picker. So... Um, that's that's obviously good news for you, but other than that, I appreciate your time. Thanks for yeah. helping me fill fill the gap um, without John. No problem. So if I go five and zero, oh, I get to come back, right? Uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll find. I'm sure we'll, we can find. I won't go five and zero, oh, but I'll probably go two and three. But if I go five and zero, oh, I want to I want to keep the dice rolling. Um, There's room for everybody on the nice list. Nice, but yeah, right. thank you for having me. I yeah, will, since you were uh, here for the uh, since you were here for the predictions, that's actually going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, so, Zach, as uh, John always asks, do you have any parting words? Yeah, just uh, everyone. I'll be in Columbus uh, from about the 18th to the 28th or so. So, if you're around, uh, I'm sure I'll see you. And uh, other than that, that's all I have. Thank you for having me, Colin. All right, thank you everybody for listening. Peace. Take my